there'll be certain choices along the way that involve taking on more responsibility. And my suggestion is, this on a very simple, and it, you know, it's according to Spider-Man, so it has to be right, that if you choose the responsible thing, then you're probably likely to power up quicker than if you take the less responsible path. James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Jimmy James Shremko, welcome back to the very, very warm waters of the Freedom Ocean. Sure is warm, Timbo. It's warm here in uh, Bangkok. I don't recommend swimming in the river, but the hotel pool is lovely. Mate, what are you doing over there? Came over here to speak at a conference. There was uh, a group called Dynamite Circle. You might be familiar with Dan Andrews and Ian Schoen. They have a podcast, which they've now moved to Tropical MBA. Interestingly, they've had a brand change. It's a great show. I recommend people have a listen. And mm. they run a conference for their forum. And this forum is uh, full of people who uh, are quite entrepreneurial and they a lot of them live around Asia. They've decided to opt out of Western costs and mortgages and car payments and bootstrap it a bit and build up teams and run little businesses over here. So they brought me over here to talk about what happens after you get through that first phase. You know? And my topic was what's holding you back from your first seven-figure year. Just seven figures? Did you start kind of creating that preso and it sort of – What's holding you back from your first eight figure, or just kind of thought, oh, we'll keep it to seven? Well, seven is my sweet spot. I've I've helped a lot of people go from six to seven figures. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of the silver circle zone. There's mm-hmm. plenty of people in the market talking about making a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, and it's actually really hard to make your first thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars online. You know that that. Um, four or five figure benchmark is quite hard. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit easier to go from five figures to six figures, but it requires a completely different mindset to go from six to seven. You, you Generally, a lot of things change. You go from being a solopreneur to having a team. You have um, more investments in infrastructure, a lot more costs, but you're also bringing in a hell of a lot more sales. So the, the mind shift that's involved in outlaying a lot of money, let's say, for example, if you're doing a million dollars a year and you have a 50% profit margin, that means you're spending $500,000. Now, that's five times more than 100 grand a year just in expenses. And that's what mm. I think defeats a lot of people is this, this reluctance to invest will cause a, uh, you know, the inability to generate the sort of income that's going to have to come from that investment. Why do you think it's easy to go from five to six or relatively easy? Because generally what it, whatever you're doing to get you know, $10,000, you've already found, you've gone through that mental mindset part that gets you some success. You've got something happening where someone's giving you money and generally you can scale that it's not as hard to scale that from 10 grand to 100 grand. That is doing more of what works. It's letting, letting go of things that aren't working. And it's quite easy to make $100,000 as a solopreneur. Like a, that's, that's kind of like a good salary for someone, even if you have a job-like business. And when I say that, that sounds silly. It's either a job or a business. But let's say you're a graphic artist or a web developer or a 
you know, some kind of online expert, it's not that hard to make $100,000 once you've got a validated model. And so if you've made your $10,000 doing something, you can probably scrape together to get to that 100000 But mm-hmm. to, to 10x that is quite a different skill set. Right. So that's all about, and, and a, a large part of that is um, scaling up. A good part of it is actually around confidence and mindset. It's like it always comes back to mindset. But yes, you're going to have to do things differently. And generally, unless you're doing software as a service or something like that, uh, you know, most of the business models require some kind of team building. If you have e-commerce, you probably want telesales. You're going to have people entering items. If you have uh, information products, you're at least going to need to have designers and conversion experts. Um, you might need an affiliate manager. If you do the uh, affiliate thing to, to make seven figures from doing that, you, still you're probably going to want to have someone creating content, driving traffic, and um, you're probably going to have to travel a bit, make good contacts, find out best practice. You know, you're going to have to mm-hmm. move around a bit more. So I think a lot of it comes from the confidence to start investing in the things you need. You're going to have proper CRM systems, a support desk, a team. You'll be buying content. You'll be buying traffic. You'll be paying for uh, conversions. You'll be getting better equipment. You'll be traveling more. Mm. These are the sort of things that I see happening in Silver Circle, for example. Mm-hmm. There goes the five hundred grand pretty quickly. Five hundred grand is um, look. If you could spend five hundred to bring in a million, you'll make five hundred thousand. And five hundred thousand mm. is five times more than a hundred grand as a solopreneur. And the, there is this yeah. crazy thing that you probably won't have to do the same shitty work that you're doing to make a hundred grand. So if I look at my business, where um, it's doing quite well now, I've I do different things than what I used to do. Now, most of my focus is on creating content, which is the part that Mm -hmm. I enjoy. So I'm looking Mm -hmm. at um, how can I make an audio? How can I make a video? Where should I travel to 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 meet new people? Which contacts are going to benefit uh, the long haul? Uh, Where is a good supply market for me? So I'll go to the UK. I'll go to the USA. uh, I will... Also, I've got a good team and they're doing a lot of the stuff that I used to do. They're, they're building, you know, creating content, transcribing things, making pictures, setting up websites, um, doing the nuts and bolts of the shopping cart. I don't touch the, the website, for example, the coding or, or whatever these days. My main focus is on the strategy, um, you know, working out pricing and packaging, uh, making contacts. And I do still take the odd sales call off the, the telephone number on my website. There's no one else in the company who does that. But it is something I could replace if I want to grow it. In fact, if I wanted an eight-figure business, I would probably have to develop a sales team and have mm. uh, phone support and deal with some retail customers, which is something I don't really want to do right now. And this is, mm. this is all so far without having to have a central office or a, an office in Western society. Mm. So what, what were the um, so you've given this talk uh, titled "What's Holding You Back from uh, Your First Seven Figure Business?" What were the kind of is there a kind of top three, top five that you covered off? Yeah, well, it was only a short presentation; it's about half an hour. The main thing is your self image, and I talked about how when you look in the mirror, do you look at yourself and think, you know, do you see 
someone who's sort of got a lot of chinks in the armor or a bit of a weakling or, you know, are you underconfident? Or do you see like a superhero in a cape costume who's can take on... Andy's on the outside. Yeah, who can take on challenges and, and can have a confrontation if required and can put some, you know, put some effort into something without a certain guarantee of success uh, but but can um, drive through and persist past all the difficult stuff. So some of the critical ones were, especially for this audience, I suggested that they if they live in a cheap environment, if you're paying a dollar or two for a taxi and food and, and everything, accommodation is very, very low priced, it can be tempting to reset your price framing around those low prices and it's very hard to charge for stuff. Like in Asia, more than 70% of software is pirated, for example. So people aren't paying mm-hmm. for stuff. And we're in an environment where people aren't paying for stuff, then people find it hard to charge for stuff. So I wanted them I wanted to remind them if you're gonna pay cheap prices for living, remember that people in the target market in America or Australia or London, they're yeah. paying top dollar. So don't undervalue yourself. That was one of the big things. If you're gonna use this arbitrage advantage Remember to keep the prices up. Yeah, well, to me that would seem obvious. So are they are some of them actually falling back to local pricing? I think a lot of them have a low price framing. And, hmm. you know, even things like the membership is quite a low price for the forum that they're in. Um, a lot of them have very little capital. <laughs> like they've, they've opted out of society. In fact, I'd go so far as to say it's, it's ironic because – The whole point, I think the tribe movement is to not take a mortgage, not have a car payment, to have a better lifestyle now and do it on a budget and use the resources to build your own business instead of take a job Mm -hmm. or go to study. But the irony I see is that they've probably had to make the biggest compromise of all and that's not even participate in their home country. (laughs) They can't afford to now. Yeah, right. So... I made a commitment to myself decades ago not to ever have to move out of the country to, for money reasons. And so the short story is living in Sydney with a family with mortgages and expensive food, expensive cars, expensive housing forced me to stretch more in business to mm. be a better salesperson, to rise up the corporate ladder, to start a business that was already generating $300,000 a year before I quit my job and quickly went to seven figures a year because I was pretty much forced to because of my environment. So mm-hmm. my main warning is if you go to a soft environment, if you go to an easy environment, I mean a Western guy in Asia with a bit of money uh, can live like a king but yeah. just don't get seduced by that. If you ever want to go back, you're going to need to really step up hard. the game. That, that was really such yeah. a big point. Mm-hmm. There's a few other really interesting points and maybe not so obvious ones. Go on. One of them is to really care about your staff and your customers. That's a sort of a cliche out there in business. However, I think that it is still uh, a lot of people are trying their very best not to speak to a customer. We've talked about this before with the reply at emails mm. versus no reply um, about uh, really understanding the culture of your team if you especially if you have a team overseas learn a few words in their language find out where they live 
discover more about their culture. Mm. Once you unlock that, you really get into the next zone. Because again, a lot of people in the US market, they're, they're completely out in terms of timing. They're like on the eastern side, they're literally 12 hours out. So they have such a limited window to participate with their team who are in another country mm. that um, they lose that connection. And, they, and I think if you care about your team a lot, then they're going to care about the customers. The customers care about the business. The business makes you the profit in the end. Mm. All right, so moving on from that topic, I had talked about one Manuel Fangio who was a five times world Grand Prix champion. He was amazing. And the, his record stood for 45 years. He was an amazing driver. And, and the point with him is he didn't start till he was in his late 30s as a Grand Prix driver. Before that, and from mm-hmm. the age of 10, he was kind of a mechanic. And he was doing uh, cross-country rallies. So by the time he got to Grand Prix, which was just a piddly little three-hour race, he was easily able to handle that car for such a short race compared to an over-the-country rally. And he had mechanical empathy and, and uh, understanding beyond what the current drivers of his era had. And he was the guy that pioneered that, the you know, drifting around corners and stuff, you know, the power slides. So he was a dynamic and strong driver with a lot of experience. And I guess my point there is that when I started my own business, I already had a lot of experience. I'd been through some pretty difficult business scenarios and some people are coming to the the game a bit light on. That's all. I think they underestimate what's involved in being successful online is that they're they're approaching it from a very amateur and underprepared way. So any sort of life skills or experience outside of business would be good to participate in, whether it's a sport, whether it is um, recognizing Mm -hmm. your strengths in a corporate role and bringing those to the table and finding your position in the market where you can compete with real strength uh, versus everyone else. And you've you've done this in your background. Mm. You've got real strength in your marketing background, your advertising days, and that's what I think caused that success of the Small Business Big Marketing podcast. You understand the mindset of the small business owner, especially when they approach marketing, and that's what your whole ethos was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and there is a lot of people who come in thinking, oh, this is going to be easier than, they, than, than it is. And so uh, you, eyes wide open. A couple of hammocks, a bit of a palm <laughs> yeah, yeah. tree. You know, they swim, they dive into the ocean. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. <laughs> they get eaten by a big shark. So I think it was good. And by the way, you got a great hat tip. There was a podcasting panel and it was suggested that every business owner should have a podcast. And yeah. I know you would have been high-fiving the, you know, the air, but they asked me how I got started and if I had challenges. And I said that I was yeah. on your show. And then you asked me to come and make this show. And then we actually had a pretty good run yeah. straight out of the gate because you already knew the format and you educated me how it works which I've subsequently been able to replicate uh, for me and for others. So a big hat tip to Timbo and the podcast. Got to love that. Expertise. And for our listeners, they should definitely go over and listen to your original podcast, Small mm. Business, Big Marketing, to find out how that happened. In fact, maybe for a bit of a laugh, they could go and listen to our old interview. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was a, gosh, mate, that was almost, I reckon, three years ago. And, uh, in fact, I was just talking to a podcast producer um, last week 
and talking about the fact that, you know, if someone's listening to this and thinking podcast, you know, they've missed the podcasting boat or, in fact, any of these kind of marketing boats, they haven't. You know, like podcast is still so young. It was actually – it's actually interesting. Um, I was reading an interview with um, – what's his name from Amazon? Jeff Bezos. Bezos. And uh, even like in that whole Amazon world, he still talks about it's year one. Yeah, this guy's like a long-term you know? thinker. He, he didn't make any profit for oh, seven yeah. years. And they used to make yeah. tables out of like wooden crates or something, planks. He's, he was um, – and I mean maybe the first time around with little e-books which sort of flopped years and years ago and then and the next time around with Kindles, haven't they taken off? Mm. Now I think they've replaced physical books. Mm. Yeah, but it, well, I think the point is it is early days and um, – yeah, the whole podcast thing. Don't get me started, mate. It's, I love it. You know, <laughs> it's it's. So if there is any holy grail, and I told the audience there isn't, there is no holy no. grail. Um, the closest you get would be to have a podcast on on your, you know, broadcasting out on smartphones, and that just gets uh, airplay. And like the the proof in the pudding is the validation that comes from when a podcast that's successful puts on an event. I mean, this event had a couple of hundred people. They they paid hundreds per ticket and it was jam-packed mm. and that came off a podcast. I've done the same uh, with Ezra with our Hawaii retreat, which was last month. Again, people paying to come to a uh, show or an event that was sold from a podcast. And to a large extent, Fast Web Formula 5 in March will be sold mostly from my weekly content updates. I'll be reminding people to come along to the event in Manly in March, and they will they will come, and there'll be a, more than a hundred people, and mostly the podcasting channel mm. is where they will come from. And the same for my my highest level mastermind. Most people found me from a podcast. So, if that's the biggest takeaway from this, the the whole event itself was podcast fueled, and that is uh, that's a big one. And so one of my next sort of connecting points was I ran people through that scenario of the train about setting the station in the future and walking back down the track to where you are now nice. and then just rolling the train along like without distractions, without being taken off track. You know where you're going. You're clear on it. It helps you set filters. All you need to do is just keep stoking that, that fire and taking logs off the track, which are inevitably going to fall on the track here and there. Mm. But if podcasting was that, then it's a very simple process. Mm. I like that one. Yeah, I also did a little a cool one. One of the probably the most popular ones was the Spider-Man one. Oh, yeah. There was, you know, we know the saying with great power comes great responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to have a powerful business, what would you have to add to it? Uh, good people. Responsibility. Mm -hmm. Right, so with great responsibility comes great power. So... The more you are responsible for, the more likely it is that you'll generate some power from it. If you're responsible for customers, if you're responsible for your team, if you're responsible for um, nurturing a business itself, then, then the chances are it's going to power up. So if you really want to power up your business, you could actually say, well, what could I take more responsibility for? Could I take more personal responsibility for my success? Right. Could I be responsible for a team of half a dozen people? Could I be responsible for an office lease and really go balls to the wall and grow this thing big? You know, like there'll be certain 
choices along the way that involve taking on more responsibility. And my suggestion is, this is on a very simple, and it, you know, it's according to Spider-Man, so it has to be right. It has to be. That if you choose the responsible thing, then you're probably likely to power up quicker mm-hmm. than if you take the less responsible path. Yeah, right. So kind of like based on that, is is, it, is this for everyone? Like that idea of a seven-figure business, is it for everyone? It sounds like it's like you've got to be a leader. The first point I made is that mm. you have to be really clear that this is your choice. Like if you decide that's what you want, it's going to involve change. It's going mm-hmm. to involve um, some kind of compromise. It might be that you now, rather than just you, your backpack and a laptop and the world at your feet, maybe you now have some commitments and responsibilities. Mm. To you know, That's the contract you enter into. You want to create something great. If you want to make Grange, you're going to have to commit to a process. You're going to have to dedicate yourself to the cause. You're going to have to put in the time. So there's absolutely that. Um, some of the rewards though are you can get yourself off the tools if you are a solo practitioner and doing all of the work and if you happen to be have a job-like business where if you stop working, your business stops, then having a seven-figure business gives you a lot more momentum. It allows you to have days off and to actually have a life or travel or whatever because you have a team now doing the core mechanics of it. And the, one of the most interesting, probably the highlight for me of the whole event was after I spoke and they were packing down the room and there was this little audience gathered. This I had first one guy sat next to me and then another guy sat across and then another person and a lady. And next thing you know, there's about 30 people and we sat there for an hour and a half. They were asking question after question after question after question. And most of them revolved around how do you find the team? How do you pay the team? Um, how do you get them to do the standard operating procedures without you having to do it all? How do you get good people who don't flake on you or disappear? Like... There's so many questions. I think I just uncorked a bottle on the steps that are involved in going up a notch. Mm-hmm. And it, a lot of it revolves around team building and growing your infrastructure. And uh, it's off, it's amazing how many of those questions are quite specific. It's like when you talk about podcasting and people want to know what microphone you use and what edit software you use. But they're kind of there are bigger questions to ask, aren't there? More strategic questions. That's to, that's, that is totally... The case like you, you want the best answers, you've got to ask the best questions. Correct. And a lot of people are asking the wrong question. Yeah. They might be like, how do I make, how do I get rich? Like that's a pretty general vague mm. question. Mm. Uh, you need to be more specific than that. Like what compromises do you want to make? Uh, because, you know, you could actually live quite well on a low income in a third world country. Mm-hmm. You could live quite well on a high income in Uh, Yeah, yeah, correct. Take your pick. (laughs) Do you want the (laughs) high-income nice country? Do you want the high-income third-world country? Do you want low? Like you can, you can choose. That's probably the biggest thing of all. You can choose what you want, and when you step up and take that responsibility for your choices, then you can backfill the rest of it. You can build your train tracks. You can decide what station you want to go to. the The ultimate point that I made in the presentation and I showed them a scrambled Rubik's cube and I proposed this, that right now you probably have access to everything you need to have access to, to solve this. You just need to locate the algorithm. You need to either have someone show you how to solve it or pay someone to solve it for you, but you can solve it. It is solvable. 
you just need to put some focus on deciding that you want mm-hmm. to solve it and then getting the best, most appropriate path for you. And, and as you sit there thinking about this, you're either sitting there by yourself and you are your business or maybe you're just a part of the business and there's a whole team somewhere else mm-hmm. thinking about your business with you every day. Uh, but that is your choice. You can grow it out or you can keep it small. You can enter new markets so you can stay in the ones you've got. You know, one of the biggest frustrations I've had in the last week is dealing with a customer who just resists every possible change, every positive change that would grow their business exponentially, they resist because it represents change. It represents something different than what they're used to. And they would rather sabotage themselves by sticking to what they know than to make the changes that are necessary to get an infinitely better result. And that is a choice as well. So that's probably one of the most fascinating things to me lately is why people would choose that versus something that could get them what they actually want. But there's so much fear involved. And that's why it all comes back to confidence and uh, the willingness to take risks to to um, to be embarrassed to admit that you don't know all the answers is what's going to get you forward faster mm. yeah interesting hey um we're talking all this discussion about getting to a seven figure business Jimmy about uh, it's about starting an online business did you get a sense of what types of businesses people were focusing on was it was it ebooks was it forums was it uh, private you know membership communities uh, video training was there was there a trend yes in this community it seems to me there's quite a lot of e-commerce people because Dan and Ian have e-commerce stores mm. in markets like cat furniture and valet <laughs> parking uh, there's also valet parking soft, yeah like they, oh. they sell the poles and the tapes and the, 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 the podiums and stuff. Love it. And the key cabinets. Uh, they, they also do, um, so there's e-commerce, but they also do software. There's some software guys. In fact, one of the members is the co-founder of Lead Pages, oh, the yeah. developer dude. So Simon's his name. There's um, software people. There are also um, experts one one guy is actually was the founder of Harrow, help a reporter out. Oh yep. And there are authors. There are stacks of bootstrappers who are trying to string together a little bit of local business marketing. But again, the, the overwhelming majority of them charge way too little, and they have no business plan whatsoever other mm-hmm. than selling cheap stuff to local businesses, and so cheap that there's almost no margin for profit. And they wonder how they can grow their business faster, but they're they're playing way too small a game. Then there's probably some info marketers, um, designers, um, consultants. Yeah, so it's a pretty mixed bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but definitely a lot of e-commerce, and uh, seems to be quite a few people in software. And there's definitely uh, membership people. There's a guy in the uh, weightlifting niche doing a membership. He he made seven figures. No, he made six figures in seven months, 100 grand in seven months. He's got a huge user base. He talked about the things he did well, the things that he uh, didn't do well. And it was really the funniest thing for me was watching this thinking, gosh, that was me four years ago. He's Mm -hmm. now making the same mistakes I made four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I should talk to this guy. I should help him out because 
the things that he's about to do will be critical to his success. And I already know what, what they are and what, what they should be to a large extent. Uh, so, you know, that's why you go to an event like this. You will find the person who can help you quickly move to the next stage. Yeah, well, we've talked about that before. You've got to... You got to, you never you should never stop learning. You got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to go to new places, meet new people. You're good at that. You're a master of it. You're doing it now. Well, yeah, and I went you know, I went to quite a few places in the last month and I learned so much just from observing and mixing with new crowds. Even I got lessons I didn't expect to get that that were real gifts. And uh, you, you can't earn them any other way, I think, than to get out and about to, to find out what they are mm. face-to-face. Love it, mate. Well, listen, um, that's a good discussion. Uh, if anyone listens to this and does <laughs> does hit their seven-figure income as a result, can you leave just at least a comment in the show notes? <laughs> at least. Yeah, leave us a comment if it's, if it's helped you. Uh, it was fun for me to, to prepare and to deliver a presentation that was requested you know, that specific topic that was different to my normal one. Mm. That was also the case when I was in my last few visits in the United States. I delivered several presentations, one on SEO, one on becoming uh, your own authority and building an asset. And I did another another session or two on starting up startup businesses, which is not my passion topic, but it's something I can do. So it's really good to stretch and to move around the spectrum mm-hmm. of the topics that I can cover and to push myself to uh, deliver it. My goal when I'm speaking to someone is to move the audience. So if this podcast moves the audience, and by the way, a lot of people at this community love freedom motion. So a big shout out to all the dynamite circlers. Good on them. We love you too. Yeah, DC is. And it's really is like a cult. I've got the T-shirt too to prove it. So, uh, uh, and they have stickers. I mean, I got I got sent the the coolest T-shirt today from a listener of small business big marketing. I've got to say, I'm looking at it now. It is like seriously, seriously cool design. Uh, That's from Greg Merrilies, right? How did you know that? Because he's a silver circle guy. I told him to send you a T-shirt. Huh. <laughs> We're building his uh, business out. He's freaking me he's got out a now. Site You're called, freaking me out. He's got a site that he's building where people will be able to buy your T-shirt and my T-shirt, and he's also sent them to John Lee Dumas, Clever. Uh, to Ezra Knight. He designed the Think at Get logo and hmm. T-shirt. Well, th- well, that's interesting because I there is a resemblance. Right. Well, it's the same design bureau. He's in Melbourne there. He's a genius hmm. designer. He's a, he's a good designer. He's a huge fan of uh, my other podcast, Think Out Get. He's sent T-shirts to Pat Flynn and he's basically going to put these shirts up on a site and let the podcast audiences buy them and he's in a revenue share model with the podcast producer. So if you sent people to his site to buy your T-shirt, you'll be able to make profit from it and I'll be able to do the same from mine. And well, he's just got a good uh, – it's just a, a nice design style too. Yeah, and he's designed uh, me some shirts for fast food formula that are just going to knock your socks off. Yeah, right. Yeah. Ah, well, uh, it only arrived today and uh, literally three or four hours out of the envelope. Well, that's the reaction he was hoping for is, is uh, Correct. joy and and uh, appreciation. In bed. But you know what's what? His, uh, he's a good designer, so he deserves it. He's, what's his website? He has. It's called Studio – hyphen one but he's got a new site coming up don't quote me on that 
Was, no, we're going to get it right. We'll talk about it. I, I was going to mention it in small business, big marketing next week anyway. So uh, great strategy and uh, nice little marketing strategy we call seeding. Yes. Dropping it in, dropping a little uh, dropping a little seed somewhere and watching it grow. Jimmy James, that's a wrap, mate. Uh, lovely to hear your voice. It's been a few weeks since the last episode. I think uh, going forward, it'd be nice to do an episode. I'd love to hear more about, I know listeners would, more about this, uh, the weightlifting guy who's built out a forum in six or seven months uh, and oh, how he's done that. It's called successshirt.com. Successshirt.com. Successshirt. And uh, <laughs> if you go and check it out, you'll see uh, Ezra uh, actually hired him to make a T-shirt for me called caffeine addict and it's got my <laughs> funny little head on it uh, but you'll you'll see the uh there's all sorts of cool shirts there i'm really looking forward to this but have a look at the fth one that's my personal favorite fth yeah it's right really eh? cool i'll do that uh well that's he's just got a nice little promo there so it pays off you know like Great marketing, you know, low cost to him and uh, yet great value back to back to Greg. So uh, hats off to him. All right, buddy, uh, we'll call it a day and uh, I don't know where you'll be next time we record, somewhere in the world, and um, see you then. All right, well, I'll be home, either home or I'll be in the Dominican Republic, depending on the Of course you will be. <laughs> okay, take care, mate. See you, Jimmy. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. <laughs> 